The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. Hi, this is Mia Mohsen Zia, also known as Mia No Time for Love. Check out my latest book, Missing, available in print and ebook formats on Amazon. It's now time for the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and sponsored by international award-winning author Mia Mohsen Zia of Missing. The Mike Wagner Show can be heard on over 40 podcast platforms, as well as HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, and TheMikeWagnerShow.com. We can be heard in over 100 countries, featuring over 1,000 well-known and amazing guests throughout the globe, and named one of the top 100 global podcasts in the New York Weekly Times, Hollywood Entertainment News, Los Angeles Weekly Times, Apple, and Chartable. So sit back and relax and enjoy another great episode of the award-winning Mike Wagner Show. Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and brought to you by official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon and Pepperback and Ebook. We're here with a terrific gentleman who's a 40-year singer, songwriter, and one-time member of the Drifters in the early 80s and did some staging shows in Atlantic City, Las Vegas, and pretty much throughout the nation. He's also a creator and producer of many 50s and 60s um, tribute uh, shows, themes, and uh, also with legendary um, singers as well, and also collabed with the uh, Bare Naked Ladies and the uh, Persuasions. He's also credited with the uh, the contemporary national anthem called Stand Up America, which uh, was introduced in schools nationwide. And, of course, um, he also had a book called A New Guide to um, Mastering the... Um, mastering the art of um of of um of entertainment and also uh he was part of shadows of the 60s and he's got some songs uh shine on bird birds and sleeping dogs with yorma kokanen of um jefferson airplane and hot tuna and one man woman will be playing some of those after the audio interview live ladies and gentlemen of plus studios in beautiful downtown new york city the amazing 40-year singer songwriter one-time member of the drifters in the early 80s and he's also got one man woman and more ladies and gentlemen the multi-talented Dave Rebels. Dave, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. I feel like getting up and dance and sing. <laughs> 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 Happy to be there, Mike. Happy to be here. Well, it's great to have you on board, too. And I can see you dancing and singing with joy. You've been doing that for 40 years. Singer, songwriter, one-time member of the Drifters in the early 80s. You've been staging a lot of shows in Lac City, Las Vegas, and throughout the nation. You're a creator, producer of many 50s, 60s uh, theme music um, shows, and also with legendary tributes. You collabed with the uh, Bare Naked Ladies and the Persuasions. You also are credited with the uh, contemporary national anthem, Stand Up America. You also have a book as well, too, and uh, you're part of Shadows of the 60s. You also have some music called Shine On, Birds and Sleeping Dogs, and also One Man Woman. And before getting all that, Dave, tell us how I first got started. Man, like I think most people in the arts, it's just it's a part of your soul, really. You know, uh, for me as a as a youngster, it started in the in the school chorus when I was a little kid. Except that I remember my very first experience. I was so terrified, my knees shaked that it mm. take me off the stage. But it really started for me like most people in the teen years in high school. Um, I went out for the glee club one day and. Uh, I think I discovered, the teacher discovered, my classmate discovered at the same time that I could sing a little bit. And in high school, you know how it is, you gravitate towards people with uh, similar likes like yourself. Some people is athletics, other people is whatever, but for me it was music. So I started getting together with other guys who sang, and we'd sing in the hallway, or we'd sing anywhere we got together to do it. And you get enough guys who feel like, hey, maybe we should do this as a group. That's how it started, you know, at the very beginning of that. Um, and the real professional side of it began the day I met J. Otis Washington of the Persuasions, the group that I later joined so many decades later. I was about 14 years old, 14 or 15, and I had a singing group, took it over to his house, his apartment, and we sang, thought we were doing all that. He said, hey, that, that was nice, guys, but where's the harmony? We looked, we said, huh, what's that? So he taught us harmony. And I learned from him how to do vocal arrangements and things like that. And that sort of set me up for every opportunity that came hence. Um, whatever I did, it came from that fundamental uh, knowledge I got from J. Otis Washington. 
Mm, that is certainly interesting. What a great start. And what exactly was that one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you're doing for the rest of your career? What was what? What was that one exact precise moment that was like that that simply influenced you into what you're doing for the rest of your career? No, words, that one moment that simply said, this is it. You know, it's, it's a hard thing to say because it, it's like, I think it's the same like when you meet the person of your that you fall in love with and, and and spend a lifetime with. You can't quite remember all the details, but it's like the, it's always been a part of your life. They've always been a part of your life. For me, it's just a succession of things. Um, you know, of course, the immediate gratification when you're seeing people applaud, that feels good, you know, but I think it, it came down to uh, when you have a bad experience, when it didn't go all the way you hoped it would. And I think that's the moment where you have to decide on whether you're going to keep doing this for real and take it seriously, or you're going to walk away and get a job. So I think that happened to me uh, very early um, in my career. I think uh, I, I really realized I had a potential uh, when I started just singing with, in front of a live audience. I love the feeling. I love the feeling of bringing joy to people, you know, that, that sense of connection when I could look in people's eyes and see just how much they were enjoying the moment. Mm -hmm. So for me, it became that kind of a calling, I think, where I, I really enjoyed sharing good feelings with people. So maybe that's it, you know, as close as I can get to defining it. Mm -hmm. And certainly indeed as well too, connecting to the audience, relating to the audience. And, um, and, and of course you, uh, y'all got with the persuasions and everything. Who are some of my other favorite artists, singers, songwriters, and musicians growing up? My all time favorite would have to be the four tops. Uh, the Levi Stubbs. Uh, later I met all these guys. So I fell in love with even more when I met them because they were so genuine people. But as a 14 year old, you know, you have to, every artist always uh, connects with one artist out there, or should I say anyone coming up in the business when you're young. You, you, can't, you latch on to somebody that has a sound that you can identify with, that you feel that you could, you could emulate. So you, you either play along as a guitar player with a, whatever guitar player you like, or a drummer, you want to drum like them. For me, it was his voice. When I heard Levi sing, it was filled with so much emotion. And the way he felt as if he, he believed every word he was uttering. I started singing every song that they sang. I listened to every song they sang. I, I sang the background vocal parts. I just fell in love with the music of the Four Tops. So yeah, I took to them like a, a baby duck takes to his mama. Wow. You know, and printed on the Four Tops. And that's really, I, I, you could actually say I had a vocal lessons from the Four Tops, just from listening. Boy, I kind of wish I did that back in the day. And I think that's something I should have done a while ago. So it's something. <laughs> and of course, you end up uh, you know, joining the uh, Drifters as well, too, back in the 80s. And you also collabed with the um, Bare Naked Ladies. We'll talk about some of your accomplishments with um, Dave Revels. But first, listen to the Mike Widener Show at the themikewidenershow.com, powered by SoundWeb Studios. Visit online at SonicWebStudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at SonicWebStudios.com. Mention the Mike Widener Show. Get 20% off your first product. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Widener Show, international warring author Mia Molson-Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is an illusion and those you love be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson-Zia has got great reviews. And Eve 11 and George Baja with celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Minos. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com on our 40 podcast platforms. Heard in 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Pandora, TuneIn, also Odyssey, BitChute, Rumble. Make sure you subscribe, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Threads, and more. 
tickets with you on any mobile device. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Weiner Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Weiner Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash me and Molson Zia for great books like Missing, Once, and Wrinkles. Also T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash me and Molson Zia. Check it out today and support the Mike Weiner Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the themikewidenershow.com. We're here with the amazing 40-year singer, songwriter, one-time member of the Drifters of the early 80s, Dave Rebels here on the Mike Weidner Show. Also did some staging shows in um, Atlantic City, Las Vegas, and more with a number of um, 50s and 60s uh, theme as well, too. And before we get to your uh, latest releases with Shine On, you're, you're working with a uh, a member of uh, Jefferson Airplane and One Man Woman. You collabed with the uh, Bare Naked Ladies as well, too. And um, that was one of your uh, amazing accomplishments. Tell us about that. Well, it started actually, um, one of the members of Bare Naked Ladies, Kevin Hearn, uh, happened to have been Lou Reed's um, uh, MD for almost 10 years. He toured with uh, Lou Reed. Mm. And... Um, he became a fan of the Persuasions during that period, I think, because Lou Reed brought the Persuasions to England to, to tour with him. But uh, Kevin always loved the Persuasions. So I actually met him at the Lou Reed Memorial that was done at the Apollo Theater a number of years ago. Everybody was there, Patti Smith, Paul Simon, uh, Deborah Harry, um, just name it, man. It's like a Paul Simon, if I didn't say him already, but so many people. But I met Kevin there. And um, we started to talk, and uh, started as a joke, really. He was wearing a, a sweater that I like. I said, that's a nice sweater. What size is it? <laughs> and then uh, we started joking. And uh, he, he said, you know, I have a project I'm working on. It's a song called Brian Wilson, and I want to do an arrangement of it, and I'd love you guys to do the vocals. So I said, yeah, sure, send it to me. So... Uh, I recorded it for him and sent it to him, and he loved the demo I did with it, so he kept that. And then he said, hey, look, we're coming to New York to do Central Park, the summer concert series. Maybe you guys come sing a song with us. I said, yeah. I always say yes first and figure things out later. <laughs> and uh, so he sent us a song. And um, we learned a song, and we, we showed up the day of the concert. Went to backstage and we just started we vibed right away. The whole group, you know, we were singing along songs and what have you, and we performed with them and the people loved it. It was a great collaboration. We had a nice natural chemistry. So they say, hey, we're doing a, a project. I think it was the Beverly School in Canada. Uh, it's a school for uh, 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 physically impaired, and uh, they asked if we would be a part of it. And he said, guys, since you're coming up anyway. Maybe we'll do a few songs. We'll record a few songs together. I said, sure. Send me the material. So they sent us, they sent me 30 songs. Wow. And every song they sent me, I love. I love it. Send me more. Send me more. <laughs> so uh, we had two months to prepare for the show and the concert and the recording session. So I rehearsed the guys six days a week on all their material. I reimagined their background vocals. Um, and added nuances to it that I heard from their music. I love the music. I think they're one of the most creatively uh, melodic and rhythmic groups I know out there. And and uh, very witty lyrics. Anyway, we rehearsed 15 of the songs to the point where we really felt great about doing them. So when we got up there, they thought, they assumed if we got three songs or four songs, <laughs> they were not prepared for how well we were prepared. But I always learn something. When opportunities are not just random chances, when they come to you, it's meant for you. So you must do your work to prepare for that opportunity so you maximize everything. So I always approach work like that. So when I brought the guys in and rehearsed them six days a week, my intention was to have all those songs to the point where we didn't need to look at lyric sheets. And uh, we went up there to NOLA Studios and uh, Toronto, and uh, it was live off the floor, man. There was no overdubbing. And they didn't tell us this, but they had this film company called Simpson Jacks that was filming it. So not only was it a recording session, it was a film session. <laughs> but to our credit and, and Beer Naked Ladies' credit, it was such a creative experience for us that within five minutes, the uh, 
the cameras sort of like took 20th place behind us. <laughs> it wasn't until the end of the session that I realized they were filming it again because it was all about the music. You know, no egos, no nothing. It was all about the music. So we celebrated their music our way and they got to uh, enjoy their own songs again because usually they're singing, not hearing us singing them. So they got a deep appreciation for their own music. So uh, we did 15 songs within less than 20, less than 48 hours we recorded those songs. And uh, the rest is history. Uh, it charted top 30 in Canada. Um, and uh, it was right on scene, you know. Very Nagel ladies fans are hard, you know, because they're very critical of the group. I find Canada tend to be that about their artists. But uh, they, they embrace what we did, you know. And for us, it was just one of those experiences, man. You know, you'll always remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly remember as well, too. And of course, you know, you know, speaking of uh, tributes, getting together and everything else, you did some um, 50s and 60s theme music shows yourself, legendary tributes. And especially one of them is um, Shadows of the 60s. And tell us about that. And if there's some other tributes like to uh, mention, feel free to talk about those as well. Well, Shadows of the 60s was a labor of love. Um, I, I started out doing Motown, the only group I love, which is the Four Tops. So I call it Standing in the Shadows of the Four Tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, within six months, we got a letter from the attorney saying, cease and desist. You can't use the name of the group in the title of your show. Oh. So because of that, uh, it was it made it necessary for me to change the show. But I realized also not everybody's enamored of the Four Tops to the extent I was. They wanted to hear the other Motown groups. So I expanded it and, and seeked out very talented people, sought out talented people who... It's not about the lookalike so much as it's about the embodying, embodiment of the sound of the group and the spiritual and the essence and the energy of the original. So I look, I seek to an artist who had that, that love for the music. So it took me uh, three years to find my Supremes group because, it's, you know, that's, you know, you're trying to find, I'm not lookalike now, it's people who have a spirit. So I was very, took me a long time. The temptation took me another three years to really hone it down to what I have because I kept rejecting singers for one reason or another. And the main reason I reject people is not the talent I expect people to have is the given, your talent. But what I look for is people's character and their way they work with others. If they champion the person's other person's creativity, because those groups were successful because they work well together. You know, regardless of what happened when they got famous, but when they were coming together, it was all about music. So in creating Shadow of the 60s, I look for people who have that because you can't fool an audience. When you get on that stage, they know whether you're just all there about yourself or whether you're about the music. And it's a memory game. So you have to treat people's memory with respect. So we've been doing that now for going about 13 years now. Wow. And within six months, it became very successful because, like I said, I, I came up with a lot of those original artists working with the um, 50s and 60s iconic groups. So I learned what was important. You know, people love this music like they love their family members. You got to treat it with respect. Mm-hmm. Because when you sing a song, don't change it trying to be you. People come in there to hear their memories. They have, they have specific moments in their lives that are attached to specific songs. So that's the labor I'm talking about. So with that in mind, we work diligently with costuming, choreography, staging, uh, hiring the finest musician you can get your hands on. Our music director actually played with the Funk Brothers, member of the Funk Brothers. Oh. It was mentored by Holland Dosha Holland, the songwriting team. Uh, it was also uh, mentored by uh, 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 Dr. Teddy Harris Jr., who uh, was a musical director for the Supremes, and he worked with the Supremes. And so he's a musical director. Uh, other members of the group, our keyboard player, was Harry Belafonte's musical director for years. How do you like that? I love yeah. it. <laughs> Harry uh, Belafonte is one of my favorites. Yeah, and a bass player that in and out of a show with all the bass players, one, his name is Ivan Bodley. Uh, he has played with over 52 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame artists in many capacities, musical director for them and all that. So. Down to the musicians, everyone is attached to the legacies that we're portraying. It's not just a bunch of musicians who know how to read notes. It's people who 
experience being around those kind of artists. So when they get up there, they're they're channeling those people. So yes, I'm very excited about that because I'm a fan first, Mike. So any music I do is because I'm a fan of how I do it and why I do it. It's never money to me is the given an equation. If you do something well, you will make money. But if you think about the money before you create the vehicle, it's going to break down on you every single time you take it out. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's my approach to it. That's the shadow. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly true as well, too. And I think that's a really good analogy you did, too. If you put money first, it's going to break down sooner or later. But, of course, you've also been part of the legends as well, too, that um, you're a one-time member of the Drifters in the early 80s. And tell us more about that and how you first got involved. <laughs> uh, all opportunities in, in your life, in my life especially, uh, 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 just specific opportunities in time, you know? And what happened was there was a singer in New York, her name was Debbie Malone, great singer. She had a conflict in the show, and she couldn't get out of the water, and she asked me what I covered for her in the show. I said, sure. So as a thank you, she told me there were two auditions in the next week. One was with the road tour for The Wiz as a Tin Man, and the other was an audition for The Drifters. Well, I had a show the night before, so I was really tired, so I, I, I passed on the, the, the road tour of The Wiz because it was too early a call. But The Drifters rehearsal was like a noon uh, audition, so I made that one. Now, remember, prior to that, I, I didn't know anything about Drifters music except George Benson's version of um. Uh, they say the neon lights on Broadway. So I knew that way, his inflections. So that was a song I auditioned with. And then they put me through the paces for harmony, which I learned from the persuasion. So I was covered with that knowledge. Then choreography, because I've been doing it for years anyway. And uh, they said, great. It's a great, great, great. Um, they said, do you own a tuxedo? I said, yeah. They said, okay, well, listen. Um, well, meet us at 5 o'clock on, on, on 125th Street and 2nd Avenue in front of BP Gas Station. We'll pick you up. We have a show tonight. Nice. So the same, same day audition, I had a show that night with the Drifters. Now, mind you, <laughs> I learned everything about the Drifters in that same night. So I'm standing in front of an audience that knows the Drifters' music, and I'm dancing, I'm singing, trying to remember my parts, and people in my face smiling at me. So it was trial by fire. You know, <laughs> the deepest end of the deepest end. And so that's the start of it all. And thanks to the Drifters, I was exposed to what I call the real university of rock and roll. With the Drifters, I toured all over the world, all over the country. We worked 20 to 29 dates a month. I worked with every iconic star in the industry. Little Richard, Bo Diddley, Chubby Checker, Chuck Berry, uh, Gene Chandler, uh, uh, Del Shannon. Uh, we did a show with Roy Orbison. Um, it, it, let's go the pl the platters, you know, with with um, with Tony Williams. Um, uh, who else? Gosh, Temptations, the Four Tops. Uh, name it, man. You know, and so, but I I am a school of 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 of, of uh, an open pool to knowledge. So I watch these groups every night, man. Tour with Dick Clark. I watch how they produce shows. Watch how they work things. I watch how the tech crew work. So I looked at everything. It was, it was not just singing for me. It was the entire experience, you know. So that was my greatest uh, tutorial of my life. Everything mm. I've done since came from that experience. Mm -hmm. And certainly, and certainly as well too, and uh, great experience as well too. And of course, you also had the honors of. Um, you know, having the contemporary national anthem stand up America, and uh, tell us about that one. Well, that started uh, prior to September 11, 2001. I always spell it out because I don't believe in going 9 11. Because to me, it it, it, um, it 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 doesn't pay proper respect to all the people who lost their lives and how it changed people forever. <laughs> so, prior to that, just before that, the country was in a state of Unrest that it is now. We had so much division in America, if you look back to that period before that. Everybody was at each other's throat for one reason or another. And it disturbed me because I've traveled the world and I see how other countries are. I see how you go to some countries and you can't talk 
about the political leaders without fear of being killed for it. Right. Or if you're voting for another party, you had a fear that the people who support the other party might come and kill you while you sleep because you're you're not for their candidate. Um, so I know how great America is. So when people are basically, to me, um, taking it all for granted, I started writing a song about the fact that we were a country of immigrants. America became a great, great country this because of all those people who came here with hopes of bettering their, their condition. And they looked to America for a chance at a new life. From Ellis Island all the way up. You know, before that, the, the plains, when people came from Europe and went across the, the, the plains and homesteaded, all those things to get a better life. So I felt that we were not, we were forgetting the fundamental essence and strength of America. So I started writing a song that talks about, you know, uh, we are one, we're all the same. But it wasn't until September 11th when I saw how we came together all of a sudden. We wanted to listen to each other. All of a sudden, we, we, we were seeking each other out again. We cared about how we felt. We talked to everyone. We wanted to hear how people felt. Mm, so I broke right? the bridge. And the bridge was a missing tie to the song. The bridge says, um, take a look around you at our gathering strength. Through the growing storm, be the bow that bends. That's Ulysses' bow that doesn't break. And when your neighbor needs you, be quick to lend a hand. Your neighbor could be across the street or next state or next country. Build a bridge wherever needed to, to, to join and help people. And mend a broken fence. If there are any differences, mend the differences. And and the song says, "Stand up, America, for proudly we do hail. Stand up, America, stand up, America, join hands and show the world that we uphold these truths as evident. We're all equal on this earth. Stand up, America, join hands and show the world. Right? Mm -hmm. There are only three colors in America: the red, the white, and blue. Yes, well so, said. So that song was embraced by schools across the country from kindergarten up. And you know, schools don't bring anything into the system because they know whatever they bring in will influence children's lives. So educators and principals and teachers thought the song spoke to what America was. You know, we're, we're a land of many people. You know, so the song was about that. And it's not about racial tolerance or cultural tolerance. I hate the word tolerance because it doesn't mean I respect you. It means I have to put up with you. Right, exactly. I was just going to say they hear too much tolerance, 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 I hate, tolerance. I, I think you nailed tolerance. it right there. So I don't use that. I say understanding. You know, so that song, so the song became very popular for that. And I, I did many events at, at uh, State Stadium and then City Field uh, with the Fort Hamilton Garrison. I produced a show with the entire garrison on the field. I have a friend who was a four-star general from NATO. His name is uh, Jack Woodall. He came all the way from Pennsylvania in the full regalia to recite the uh, Pledge of Allegiance before the game. And uh, school children unfurled the ground zero flag with uh, veterans of war from from World War II, Korean War, and, and uh, Middle East War. They all unfurled the flag in honor of the veterans and their families. So again, uh, when you have Art is the great unifier. And if you've been blessed to, to be able to deliver a message in a positive way, you, you have to you have to do that. It's not all about making money, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that's a really good understanding as well, too. You also have a few songs. Um, you got a chart, Shine On, Birds and Sleeping Dogs, with um, a well-known member the, in the rock industry, One Man, Woman, more with Dave Rebels. We'll get to those in just one minute. You listen to The Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com, powered by Soundcraft Studios, and brought to you by official sponsor, The Mike Widener Show, international warring author, Mia Molson's The Missing. We'll be back with you, multi-talented, 40, 40 years singer, songwriter, one-time member of the director of the 80s, Dave Revels, after this time. The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. If you're looking to start or upgrade your online presence, visit www.sonicwebstudios.com for all of your online needs. Call 1-800-303-3960 or visit us online at www.sonicwebstudios.com to get started today. Mention The Mike Wagner Show and get 20% off your project. 
Sonic Web Studios. Take your image to the next level. Hey everybody, my name is Forbes Riley and I'm an American actress and a TV host. And I was delighted when I got my copy of Missing, which is Extraordinary Relation of Ordinary People based on a real life relationship. It's just, it's well written, it's amazing. You know, it talks about a man who has lost his wife and his daughter, and it's very well done. I'm gonna highly recommend that you go get your copy of Missing. It is a powerful, exciting read. Mr. Mian Moshe Zia, he is the author of Missing. And I wanna give a big shout out and a kiss all the way halfway around the world to my dear friend. Check him out at Mia's website. It's called www.miamotionzea.com. Missing, available on Amazon. Again, I'm Forbes Riley, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Hey, hey, this is Ray Powers, and boy, are you in luck. Right place, right time. Tuned in to the Mike Wagner Show. You heard me. We're back with the amazing, multi-talented Dave Brovels here on the Mike Wagner Show. We talked about how you got into the Drifters. You worked with uh, the Bare Naked Ladies, the Persuasions, and you also have your own music, which you got Shine On. You've got One Man, Woman, and Birds and Sleeping Dogs with a prominent member. And uh, tell us more about that. Birds and Sleeping Dogs. Uh, a few years ago, uh, there's a gentleman, you know, you're McCockett from Jefferson Airplane and Hot Tuna, Jack Cassidy. Uh, he has a music retreat in Pomeroy, Ohio, called Furpy's Ranch, where uh, a couple of really outstanding musicians uh, uh, work with average people who love music and want to improve their musicianship. And uh, they come and they learn and they play music and they're, they're taught, you know, to improve their, their artistry. And uh, I did that several years as an instructor, vocal instructor. And uh, at lunchtime, you know, it's not uncommon that Bjorn would whip out his guitar and start playing. You know, just around the lunch table, no no show, just hanging. And he said, Dave, I want to introduce you to a song. And he wrote a song for his wife called um, In, In My Dreams. I love the song, man. It was such a great song about loving the person you're with for years, you know. And I said, Jorma, I got, I, we got to record to you. He said, yeah, that'd be nice. But then after listening to his playing and singing with him, another thought came to mind. I got to write a song with this man. So whenever I listen to musicians I take to, I really listen to their style of how they play and approach the music. So when I'm writing it, as long as I can hear them accompany me. So the song Birds of Sleeping Dogs, um, it's basically, it's, it's a song about um, uh, arriving at being yourself, mm -hmm. you know, um, not in an arrogant way, but being comfortable in your own skin to the point where um, you don't do anything you don't want to do. Right. You're only with people you wish to be with. One of the lines in the song says, um, it feels real good when someone asks me where I'm going, that I can point to all four corners and still get to where I'm going. And I don't nice. care how long it takes or if the sun goes down before I reach. I know my choir will be waiting when I arrive to hear me preach. So years went by, about three years, and we just didn't, you know, and COVID happened. And then at the tail end of COVID, I got a phone call from you. He says, Dave, you know, I promised to do a song with you. It's time. So he drove up to New York with his wife and his daughter, Izzy, uh, Vanessa and Izzy, his daughter. And um, we went to one of my friends to his called the Jam Room in Howell, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, Arnie Brown studio, Arnie Brown. And um, we recorded a song. We did two takes. Wow. We never talked about a song much at all. We didn't go back and forth in an email like you think you would. I just told him I have the song and I sent him a little demo of it. I mean, just singing a cappella. And um, we got together in the room. I told everybody I didn't want anybody else in the room but he and I uh, in, a, in, this, in the studio room. And uh, we sat down and talked about it. We, he strummed a few, picked a few notes and said, okay, all right, we'll break there. Okay, all right. All right, we're ready. Uh, hit it. And uh, we did the first take. And we said, okay, okay, now we know where we're going. The second take was it. And people like Yorma and a lot of these artists, they don't dilly-dally in the studio all day. You know, you either get the idea in the first two or three times or you're never going to get it. 
And fortunately, we're both very comfortable with each other, you know. And um, so it was done that quickly, two takes. Nice. Yeah. Yes. And, it was, and it was filmed. The only, thing, only other thing in the room was the camera. So that's it. <laughs> How you like that? Two takes. That's rare these days with birds and sleeping dogs. You also have Shine On and uh, One Man Woman. And uh, tell us about those. Well, Shine On, I, I have a Jamaican heritage. Um, I was born in England uh, to a, a United States Air Force sergeant. And my wife was, my mother was Jamaican. And uh, my early years were spent in Jamaica. Um, who I am is a, is a big factor in how I was raised in Jamaica by my aunts and my uncles who taught me really great, solid, you know, uh, ways to live your life. Mm -hmm. And so I want to pay an homage to my history because my entire musical journey, I pay, I pay homage to my, my music, different songs. So it was produced by a gentleman named Ed Robinson, a uh, Jamaican producer and songwriter and musician. He did a famous reggae version of Bob Dylan's song, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Nice. It's not knock, knocking on heaven's door. He did a reggae version, which became a huge hit for him. It recently had a million streams, by the way. So he, I told him I wanted to pay homage to my history, so he did the arrangement. So I flew down to Florida. I did two takes. Oh, my gosh. Well, start calling you two take Dave on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I do my homework. You know, so when I walk into the room, I kind of know where I'm going. You know, and if I hear anything else, I can add it right away. You know, it's not something I go with. I always say that a recording session, a rehearsal is not a place for instruction. It's a place for creativity. You do your homework before you get to the room. So when you get in the room, you're being creative, not being instructed on a part, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's my approach. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly indeed as well, too. Of course, you had One Man, Woman, and uh, we'll get to play um, a couple of the songs uh, at the end of the audio interview on the Mike Wagner Show. And uh, just to cap it up, you're also an author as well, too, called A New Guide to Mastering the Art of Entertainment. And uh, tell us about that one. Well, I, I have mentored a lot of people. Um Everything I do is based is is based around getting people to be comfortable as who they are as an artist, you know, comfortable in their own musicianship, comfortable in their physicality of who they are. So when they go in front of an audience, they're not sending mixed messages, you know. When you're nervous on stage, you send all kind of messages to an audience, you know. Not not that you're insecure, but maybe not good. So I teach people to be comfortable in their skin. So after teaching so many people and mentoring them, I say, why? Why don't I just write a book that tells them how to do all this? This way, I can give it to them as well as talk to them, and they can always refer back to it. So mm -hmm. that's how that book came about, is to help people who are struggling with finding their space of comfort. Hmm. That is rather interesting. What are some of the other um, you know, points to bring up the book? It's like, what are some of the do's and don'ts and, um, and, and some of the other tips as well? Well... One of the do's is, uh, again, the first fundamental thing is practice your craft. Know your material inside out before you take a stage. Be sure that the material you've chosen is, is within your musical ability so that you can express your spirit in the music regardless of your level of expertise. That at least people hear the sincerity of your delivery. Mm -hmm. So I teach people that. Um, I also teach them that um, to respect an audience. You know, whatever is happening backstage, don't bring it to the stage. You know, you don't know why people come to a show. Uh, somebody could be sick and need to forget about the illness for a while. They could be depressed and need to be cheered up. They could have had a rough day and or they're not sure, just need to be cheered up. And they decided to come see you. And so you have the responsibility not to be selfish, mm. but to embrace the fact that they didn't have to come see you. So I teach people most of the, the, the spiritual side of the musicianship. You know, I call it a Zen teaching of music. You know, the mechanics of music is something you have to learn. But how to be a, a true deliverer of an experience in an audience, that's something that many people, believe it or not, are not aware of how to do. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I've got to teach those things. Mm, that is certainly interesting. I'm already feeling comfortable around you. I got to say that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, Mike. There you go. And I think I'm ready to put on the drifters right now as we speak here. And, um, and and speaking of music and everything, where can we find all your music at and all your works at, Dave? Uh, you can go to YouTube and just put my name in. I'm all over the place on YouTube. Uh, Dave Revels, R-E-G, like Victor, E-L-S. I'm on Facebook. You can look me up. Come on, friend me. You know, follow me. Uh, tell me about, ask me any questions you want to ask me. Um, that's the easiest way to find me. I have a website, which is DaveRevels.com, and you can go there as well. I'm not a real fancy guy, so it's still a work in progress. But as far as keeping up to date with me, uh, you can also go to ShadowsOfThe60s.com. That's the website for our Motown show, and you can track where we're going to perform all over the country. And even, of course, that I do one of my original songs in that show as well. You know, so check me out. Let's be friends. We'll certainly do that as well, too, and make sure you check out Dave Revels as well. Once again, we're the 40-year singer-songwriter, one-time member of the Drifters of the 80s, Dave Revels on the Mike Wagner Show. We'll be playing a couple of his songs at the end of the audio interview, especially Birds and Sleeping Dogs, and um, just a few more things, Dave. Uh, what else can we expect from you in 2023 and beyond? More focus on my um, my touring of my original work. Um I'm charting, three of my songs are charting on a, a, a chart called Beach Music 45. Mm. There's a whole um, uh, community all across uh, the lower states, uh, going all the way through to Kentucky, called Beach Music 45. It is shack dance. You know that, right? Shack dance or swing dance. Mm -hmm. And they swing dance a lot of classic uh, uh, 50s and 60s and some country songs. And uh, they charted three of my songs. And, uh, nice. One Man Woman is charted, another song called Anytime You're Close to Me, and a song called In the Backseat with a Radio On. That's my country rock song. <laughs> yeah. In the yeah. Backseat with a Radio On. That's a flashback oh, yeah. right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that song is, is charting well. So it's been a great run there. So check it out. Mm -hmm. We'll so certainly do that. Music 45. We'll certainly do that with the backseat and the radio on. That's the most important thing, Dave. So <laughs> the backseat girl with the radio on. <laughs> oh yeah, let's get down to it. And also, who do you consider biggest influence in your career in general? Biggest influence in my career. Uh, it would have to be a go back to Jordan Washington from the Persuasions, because without him taking the time to teach me the fundamentals of vocalization. Nothing I have would be. I wouldn't be able to walk confident into an audition for the Drifters and, and get the job. I wouldn't have been able to work with Bare Naked Ladies as a well-established group and take their music to a different level if I didn't have that knowledge. In me. So, yes, J. Otis Washington, the last surviving member of the Persuasions, by the way. How do you like that? That is very interesting. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? Best advice I can give anyone, um, be true to yourself and never, ever forget to tell the people who care about you how much you appreciate them because you don't achieve anything by yourself. You know, nothing in life you gain is solely by yourself. Someone had to facilitate it. So respect that and also respect people's time. Yes. Because every moment someone spends with you is time taken from their life that they can never get back. So show up on time for your appointments, you know, and and vice versa. Recognize when people don't respect your time. That's the best advice I can give. Mm -hmm. And very important as well. Very timely, too, by the way. So we had that. So once again, we're with uh, the amazing 40-year singer, songwriter, one-time member of the Drifters, also with uh, Shine On birds and sleeping dogs one man woman dave revels here on the mike wagner show dave a very big thank you for your time you've been absolutely fantastic learned a lot from you looking forward to having you again soon keep us up to date keep in touch love to have you back once again what's your website how do people contact you what can people purchase or check out your works DaveRevels.com. if you want to get a hold of me i'm also on spotify and all live streaming platforms you can find me up on spotify uh amazon everything apple music i'm all over the place so just punching my name and it'll come up. 
We'll certainly do that. Once again, Dave, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely amazing. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love having you back. Wish you all the best. And Dave, you definitely have a great future have you. Mike, thank you so much for your time, and I truly appreciate you. God bless to everyone that, that visits your and, and listens to you, man. I think you're someone that's worth listening to.
The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. If you're looking to start or upgrade your online presence, visit www.sonicwebstudios.com for all of your online needs. Call 1-800-303-3960 or visit us online at www.sonicwebstudios.com to get started today. Mention The Mike Wagner Show and get 20% off your project. Sonic Web Studios. Take your image to the next level. Hey everybody, my name is Forbes Riley, and I'm an American actress and a TV host. And I was delighted when I got my copy of Missing, which is Extraordinary Relation of Ordinary People based on a real-life relationship. It's just, it's well-written. It's amazing. You know, it talks about a man who has lost his wife and his daughter, and it's very well done. I'm going to highly recommend that you go get your copy of Missing. It is a powerful, exciting read. Mr. Mian Moshe Zia. He is the author of Missing. And I want to give a big shout out and a kiss all the way halfway around the world to my dear friend. Check him out at Mia's website. It's called www.miamotionzea.com. Missing. Available on Amazon. Again, I'm Forbes Riley, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Mike Wagner Show. Brought to you by international award-winning author Mia Mosenzia of Missing and powered by Sonic Web Studios. Be sure to join us again on over 40 podcast platforms and, of course, on the MikeWagnerShow.com, HamiltonRadio.net, and Diamonds FM. Don't forget to support our program with a generous donation at the MikeWagnerShow.com. Thanks for listening.